Hello, this is Dan Terminus, and you're listening to The Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week is really special because not only do we have a very special guest, we have a special guest co-host as well. I'd like to welcome North Innsbruck back again. Thanks, Chris, for showing in. And welcome to the show, Dan Terminus. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. so this is, we're honored. Thank you very much. Before we get going, of course, I always have to do the pitch. So sorry, I apologize. Uh, you can find us on all major plat, uh, podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever your preference is. Also, please uh, go to our social media pages, like, share, interact, tell us what you think about the episodes, questions, those kinds of things. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for those that are inclined. And then all things The Paradise Arcade, please uh, go to theparadisearcade.com. Uh, I overhauled the website. I spent a lot of time and had to get some outside help because I'm terrible at website design. Uh, so I would like to thank Cat Temper for stepping in on, on that one. But let's get into it. Dan, um, talk to us about the last year of your life. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Um, because because of the C virus outbreak, uh, <laughs> but it was not that terrible because um, I live in the countryside in a pretty remote place, where the only living souls you get to see and get to meet are horses and cows. So it's a pretty good place to be. Um, from an art, let's say from a musical standpoint, I would. Uh, fuck around with my keyboards at home but nothing good came out of it so <laughs> so <laughs> life was really strange because it was forced isolation forced um, money savings but all in all it was good and i liked it because from where i live you can see the mont blanc which is a rather famous uh, french mountain and um the sky was clear the air was clear uh, we got uh, no no more air pollution no more no more light pollution so to me it was, it was a great year cuz i could refocus on what really matters in my life so um, i'm sorry for not focusing on other people but being in lockdown out here in the country helped me refocus on myself well i think that's a, a wonderful uh, way to use your time. I mean, so do you, it's gotta be how you describe it. And before we start recording proper, it's sounds rather idyllic, idyllic. Yeah. That's the word. Idyllic. Uh, 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 so, I mean, do you feel refreshed and energized? You mean refreshed and energized right now? Yeah. Well, just in general. Yeah. In general. Oh, I'm a rather happy person. Uh, even though I can be a real asshole at times, but uh, I'm, 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 yep. um, I've, uh, well, 
point is, I don't want to sound too boring, but I've had a burnout like three years ago. I fell asleep at the wheel and crashed my car into a wall. And ever since I've been through this, I've been a much better person. <laughs> I'm, I've wow. been better to myself. Yeah. I've been better to other people. And um, honestly, even though sometimes uh, people get on my nerves because, I, because I'm more, how do you say in English, more sensitive. Yeah. More, yeah, more, more si- I, I'm more, more to I, others. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm more sensitive. So I, I, let's say I'm a, I'm a more sensitive asshole, you know. But I, I'm happier than I than I ever was. So there's, I mean, there's, I'm not, you know, the, a blasted idealist. Uh, I'm not like a, a silly person with mouth open wide and going like, oh, life is so great. No, because life sometimes is, is very cruel and very uh, full of atrocities where, wherever you lay, you lay your eyes. But I try to do the good things. I try to be good to myself, and I try to be good to others. Of course, I ain't no Jesus Christ, but <laughs> I, I, I feel good in general. So I'm a much better person, person these days. I don't work for a, the big company I used to work for before. I am my own boss, so I wake up every day between seven hours and eight hours, and I, I do my things and. Um, I'm a happy person. Only thing is, I, I, I am now tragically sober because I quit cigarettes and I miss cigarettes every day. But that's the only <laughs> thing that goes wrong in my life, if I dare say so. Wow. Nice. Sober, not smoking cigarettes. That's uh, very <laughs> unFrench of you. <laughs> I know. I know. But I mean, I, I know a, a lot of people don't believe me when I say so, but I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink coffee. I don't do drugs. I'm tragically sober. I'm desperately normal. And my only, let's say, vice was smoking cigarettes. I would smoke like one pack and a half or two packs a day, Marlboro Lights or Lucky Strikes. And um, and for some reason, my body just, my lungs broke down. And the doctor said, well, you got to quit. And I was like, all right. And, well, I, I'm... I mean, I'm just here. I'm tragically sober. I'm not even a smoker anymore. I mean, how <laughs> how serious yeah. am I? I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah, it all has its ups and downs. But I mean, here's kind of what I'm what I'm hearing you saying. A big piece of of your perspective of the world is, yeah, there's good, there's bad, there's all kind of things going on out there. But but ultimately, you you have a lot of control over the way that you see things and that you perceive it. And that's and that's really what's changed a lot. And you let's say after. Like, like the accident, for example, that you, you talked about. So were you like, were you hospitalized or no? No, no, absolutely. Oh. In, in fact, I was, yeah. uh, I'm trying to make that story short because I, oh. I am mm-hmm. not famous for being a concise person or speaking in short bursts. But, <laughs> that makes um, two of us, man. Yeah, three of us. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I had been working nine years for a big, fr- uh, br- big French company. I can't say the name because I don't want to. And Fair. in fact, I burnt out just like a lot of people do burn out all around the world. And I fell asleep at the wheel and I crashed my car in a wall. But my car is quite durable, strangely enough. Yeah. And uh, when I woke up, uh, when I woke back up, sorry, you will never believe this, but it is true. 
I collected myself and I checked for damage. Everything was quite okay. I got back to my house and I got back to work with my with my motorcycle. Okay. And and then there was a psychic at work who said, "Man, I mean, you're breaking down. Uh, do you imagine if you if you fall asleep at a traffic light?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And uh, what was your question again? I'm sorry, I forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, I, I do the same ramble. Bless your soul, man. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All good. But, yeah. But but, but yeah, the, the accident was, let's say, um, a good starting point in in being um, in being yep. you know in in letting go of all the things that that are way too heavily on my back yep. so so yeah. it was a good thing and i did i didn't even destroy my car so that's great no that's even better wow and so it was a it was a maybe an awakening a reevaluation of of life and things for you and and how long was this again was it three years ago is what you said it, it happened in march 2018 it, it Almost happened, three years uh, ago. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. It happened in February 2018, a month before I opened for Carpenter Brut uh, in France. And a month after, I went to see the doctor, and the doctor said, "You're not going, you're, son. You're not getting back to work. I'm putting you on a. Uh, I don't know the American word. Leave of absence." Oh yeah, yeah, or hold medical hold or something okay. like that. I, I, I'm not too sure because you know I'm the French guy here, and English is in my mother language. But and then I, I, I spent weeks at home recovering, and then I was like, okay, fuck you all. I'm I'm just gonna do my things my way. And uh, I went to the American embassy in Paris and got a visa, and then I toured the USA for two weeks so that's the best way to get over being burnt out if i yeah. dare say so I, I remember if you allow me i remember a perfect day i had in coca beach in florida and because i fell in love with florida it's it's a beautiful really it's yeah. sorry it's beautiful exactly it's beautiful it's elegant it's warm it's sunny the girls are elegant and it's always a pleasurable experience to look at the the Florida girls walking around the beach. You know, it's a great it's a great moment in in a man's life. And <laughs> there I was, all alone in Cocoa Beach, smoking my cigarettes, just watching the ocean, watching the sky. And I was like, life is good, man. While my former uh, colleagues, co-workers are there burning out and just sucking dicks after dicks after dicks <laughs> just to get like just to right? get paid 50 euros more i'm here playing my music yep. sitting here on this beach and my life is good and that is when i said to myself whoever comes to me and says hey i want to fuck you in the ass i'm like no man you can't because i you know i ain't got no asshole anymore you can't <laughs> <laughs> it's gone it's, it's gone done. it's oh, gone no. You just you can't touch me. You, uh, you, you're yep. not gonna bother me anymore. And yep. and it was a great moment. And it was I remember this cigarette perfectly. And whenever I say to myself, "Oh God, I miss cigarettes," I mentally go back to Cocoa Beach into this moment when I smoked that cigarette. And it's like, wow, it's a great moment. 
That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. So that that was during the U.S. So you came to the U.S. and you did a two week tour. Exactly, sir. Exactly, sir. It it was a fantastic moment. Nice. I I had my visa, uh, which is uh, visa O one, and at the French at the American Embassy in Paris, my interview just like took like I don't know a, a minute a minute or two minutes because I have so many relatives in America. So my visa was like automatically accepted. I don't know why, but but uh, yeah. it was cool. And then uh, I uh, landed in uh, Boston. Then we went to New York, Atlanta, Orlando, uh, Orlando, Minneapolis. So wow, yeah. that was a tough move because we it was forty three degrees Celsius in Orlando <laughs> and fifteen degrees Celsius in Minneapolis, and it was gray and bleak as fuck. Sorry for you guys that have, have relatives and family in Minneapolis, <laughs> but that town really depressed me. I was like, wow, it's so gray and grayish. You have so many shades of black and gray and white everywhere, and it's a depressing city. Man, yeah. I don't know. You went there well, at sorry. the wrong time. And it, mm-hmm. funnily enough, I saw you when you were in Minneapolis. I was at that show that you played. Oh, yeah. So you were at the show at the... I think the place was called the Skyway yep, Theater you got or something. It. Yep. Played on the first floor in this big place. And there was a, mount, a beach mountain that opened. Uh, it was a band, you know, you know, the guys yep. were in uh, yep. blue jumper suits. Yep. Orange I, hard hats. Uh, I, I think it, they're it, now there, defunct. There were only 13 people in that show. I know. Only oh. 13 people, me included. <laughs> <laughs> and, and me. <laughs> You know, the interesting thing about that, when I first met Eric, one of the things he told me about was this Dan Terminus show that he went to where he was one of the only people there and he couldn't believe that, that it was as empty as it, as it was um, for, for, for someone like you <laughs> Honestly, to show up. It, of all it things. absolutely like, freaked it, I was just like, this is Dan Terminus. Why, why are we in this venue? And I was just really confused. I mean, I enjoyed. Oh, okay. I w- <laughs> well, I, I if, if you want, I can't explain. I can't ex- explain that to you. I I didn't know who was supposed to open for me every night. It was up to the promoters. And in Minneapolis, I I, I didn't know who Beach Mountain was, but I met them, and they're swell dudes, and they they perform this very strange yet absolutely pleasurable droning music. Yep. And I enjoyed the show. I remember at some point there was one band member who left the stage because he had stage fright. And I thought he was, you know, oh, wow. part of the show. And then I came to him and I said, what happened? And he said, oh, I got stage fright. And I was <laughs> oh, like, wow. I was like, man, what for? There's no one in the room. We're all alone. You're playing to yourself. You can't have stage fright. This is not, that ain't possible. Get your ass back there. And, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that was funny. And, and um, but but maybe I saw you. Maybe you you came to shake hand or say hi. But I'm sorry, I don't remember that. Hey, no so, worries. I you know, I I didn't. I don't think I introduced myself. You were you were schmoozing. You were doing a good job. You're talking to a lot of people. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna bother. I'm not gonna bother you. No, it's cool. Don't worry. I'm a uh, I'm a social animal. The, the, I mean, um, I'm, I'm doing what I'm going to say is is not me blowing up smoke, blowing smoke up people's ass. I, I'm I'm talking 
uh, talking the truth. I mean, I'm speaking my mind. I'm French. I give the finger in the face, never in the back. But when people pay their tickets to come to a show and see me play and see me press keys on a keyboard, the the least I can do is take a moment to to have a talk with people. But sometimes I can't because sometimes we're we are in a hurry on the schedule. But on my U.S. tour. I mean, to be honest, it took me 10 minutes every night to set my keyboards up. So the least I can do is have a talk with people. The only thing I have a hard time with is chatting with people who are drunk or high on drugs. Yeah. Because since I'm always sober, sometimes it's really difficult because those people won't let go. And, And some of them, when you say, all right, man, just get off my ass. Some people just like fly off the handle and start like, you know, I mean, not attacking you, but they, they really take yeah. it personally, yeah, they're, which, they're which is yeah. understandable, you know, yeah. uh, there's all kinds out there. And, and that's I'm sure some of the pressures that you deal with. It, it sounds like the general story is simple setup. Yeah. You know, I've got time to chat and some of these bigger, you know, bigger shows, bigger productions. It, it's it sucks a lot more time and energy from you as an artist as well. So. Well, I mean, trust what, what me. Mm-hmm. Tr- trust me. I toured Europe with uh, Perturbator uh, two years ago, and I saw what what it what it meant to put on a big show. And Perturbator barely had time to talk with people. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, it's not that he didn't want to. It's just that the show was so big that he didn't have time. But since I was the opener, and since it, it took the guys like ten minutes to pack my stuff away. Every night I had the backstage just for me. Great shower, great food every night. I was the, I was, I felt like a king really. Whereas those guys were always in a rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so to all producers out there, keep it simple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Exactly. Yep. And get on stage. <laughs> yeah. Stay on stage. Don't leave. And get on stage. And yep. get on stage. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. So that's that's an interesting and so you, that tour was just uh you decided you want to do tour America and that was just what you were gonna do. I I'm sorry I didn't understand your question. Oh sure. I mean, so that was that tour like a spur of the moment like you wanted to go visit America and you just booked it and then it kind of just fell into place. Absolutely, sir. I said to my manager. I want to tour the USA one of these days. And he said, well, you're not a big star, and maybe we can do something, but we're going to do things on a budget. And a year after, he says, well, you got to buy a train ticket to Paris. you got to go to the American embassy because you're going to have a visa interview, and then we're going to take you to the USA for two weeks. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. And, and um, I mean, you know, I'm a lucky bastard, if I dare say so, because I have um, a good manager. Whenever I tell him, hey, I would like to do this, he says, all right, all right. And he'll go silent for like, I don't know, three, four, six months. And then he goes like, all right, I got you what you wanted. So I ain't going to complain. I have a, one of the best managers in the world. And. I really wanted to go to the USA first because I like the USA. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your ass, guys, but I really like the USA. It's a nice country, um, even though it has 
ups and downs, but sure. it's a great country. And yeah. I mean, not a lot of people tour the USA. And I was surprised to see that, except in Minneapolis, where <laughs> we had only 13 people every night, the every night the room was kind of crowded. Actually, when you get the average, it was like 73 people every night just for a French asshole pushing buttons on stage and pressing <laughs> keys on the keyboard. So that leaves me speechless because there are only two explanations. Either these people are a good people and they're deaf, or they are, or they are a whole bunch of masochists, or both. There could not uh, be the any other option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you so, think of yourself in such high regards. <laughs> oh my God. That's the best. Well, I hope here's I, I hope that you, you come through again and give Minneapolis another chance. Don't do it in in the winter or early spring because it's awful. Minnesota um, in the wintertime is the worst place ever. In the spring and summer, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's green. I, All that color comes back. But I, I would yeah. <laughs> all the gray. You mean all the grayish colors and all the bleakness comes back to life. All, the, all, all that right. concrete. I'm yeah, that. yeah. Well, <laughs> to be to be honest, I would love, I would love really to be back uh, in the USA. I would love to tour the USA again, or just to hop on the plane and and go to Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, and and just spend a few weeks there. But with the C virus going on, it's not an option. Yeah. But I'm hoping that, I don't know, I'm hoping for an end to this virus outbreak to come as soon as possible. But for now, well, concerts are good memories. And yeah. I hope that one of these days we can make, we can make new memories. That's all. Yeah, that for sure. So, you know, you had... Um, your album come out last year. Was there initially planned a tour, and then it kind of just all crashed down, or it's um, it's kind of tough to answer you honestly. So I feel like I could lie to you, but uh... <laughs> you <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going. Tell us you're going to lie, and then just lie. That's that's kind of no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. Actually, no tour was uh, scheduled because I am not that big of an artist and um, I don't want to give you the technical details about how I work. But for example, I don't work the way Perturbateur works. I don't, we don't have the same status. Let's say I'm my own boss and Perturbateur's team has some sort of a special French status that I don't want to have. Which means that I get to ask, no, wait, I need to ask more money to promoters in order to fly over. And even though I'm asking for more money, I'm flying with less, with less gear and I have to fly without a light engineer and a sound tech. So yeah. my decision was to put concerts on hold because every night I have to rely on somebody different and some people I don't know. Can I trust them? I don't know. But I've had my share of bad concerts. You know, when you say no up, uh, no front lights, no orange, no blah, 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 just white and green 
and a shitload of, of smoke machines or hazers, whatever. And the guys goes like, okay, it's 4th of July. And they go pink, pink, orange, salmon. And, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And <laughs> so, totally. so I preferred putting concerts on hold. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. And, and, and really I'm just being selfish because I'd like to see you again. <laughs> and I'd like to see Dan Terminus uh, be appreciated in Minnesota, in Minneapolis market, the way that he should be. Uh, and that's really just my own selfish you know, reasonings. Uh, cause I was like, we need to do a do over this. This is not acceptable. Um, no, yeah, I, I, am I'm, I'm hoping for that too, but we'll see where, where the C virus takes us. Yeah. But now we're not, we're, we don't have full control of the situation. So, no. and when I say we, I mean, we as humans, right. So let's just wait and in, enjoy the good times while yeah. they last right yeah eventually this home time will be over and we'll be back to other things you know and and, and that'll be life but here's what i was thinking so we've talked a lot about over you know life in the u.s um mm-hmm. and we've talked a little bit about life back back there in france in the countryside but let's focus in a little bit more let's say today right now this second if we walked into your studio setup um is there anything plugged in is there dust everywhere is it clean um, have you been busy what's, what's happening um, a bit of everything actually i'm i'm writing tracks in fo studio um i don't know what i will use them for um maybe maybe a new album maybe side project i don't know but i'm i'm just making music without really thinking about what i'm what it is that i'm doing um because i want to be spontaneous there's also there are a lot of um how how can i say that plastic robots because i i'm buying i don't you do you know warhammer you know yeah yeah warhammer 40k i I don't i don't like this game i don't even play it but i i think the titans look great so I bought a shitload of them Sweet. for for a fair price, and I just build them and paint them with an airbrush, and um, shitloads of books, shitloads of comic strips, LPs, my old AK LPK twenty five keyboard, needed keyboard, nice. Nice. my guitars, old guitars, Korg M one, Korg Wavestation AX, broken battered beaten up as well but still works well right. and um and but to uh, to answer you honestly yeah. i'm i'm making music i make music Good. every day but i i don't know how i will end up using it so i mean i'm not saying hey i'm working on a new album the right. only thing i can say is if there if there th- there will be a next album because i like making music but I just don't know how it will be because for my former albums, I had some sort of, um, how can I say that? A frame. Can I say a frame? Or, yeah. Or, yeah, totally. yeah, some sort of, some sort of yep. okay. So, all right. And for this album, I want to have no frame at all. That is to say, um, it, it's like looking at the sky and all you see is um, a big cloud. So you can say that it's a cloud, but it has no regular shape. And this next album maybe will be like a cloud. So I don't know how it will form. Um, and, 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 and I enjoy not knowing where it is that I'm going right now. That's, mm-hmm. all, I, that, that's, all, I can, that's all I can tell you. 
and you you said is it dusty my answer is yes sir absolutely <laughs> very dusty very very dusty right now it, it kind of sounds like you're just being in the moment in the moment of your life at the time if you're inspired you're inspired if you're not you're not you go enjoy it, horses you you are a hundred percent right sir because um you know now I am my own boss. I mean, I started my own little company to to take care of, of the, that terminus thing that's going on in my life. But I found out that being your own boss is great. But when you got to work with a, a little bitch called inspiration, sometimes <laughs> inspiration says, fuck you. I'm out of here. I'm not coming back until two weeks. All right. Good luck. Go jerk off, you fucking asshole. And then you spend two weeks standing in front of your computer or your keyboard then saying, what the hell am I going to do? And then one day you don't expect it. You're in your bed. It's 23 hours, so it's 11 p.m. for you. Yep. And you hear, you hear something in your head. And you say, oh, the beach is back. Oh, I love you. I've missed you so much. And she says, oh, Terminus, love me. <laughs> love me right now and then yeah. you go to your keyboard and you start you know um, writing down what you hear in your head and you finish working and it's four in the morning four hours in the morning and you say all right i just yep. wrote a track and then you go to bed with the same little bitch called inspiration mm -hmm. you have a good night of sex and you wake up around let's say 10 hours in the morning you get back to your computer fire up Apple Studio and you say, all right, let's listen to this. And you listen to what it is that you wrote and it sounds like shit and you got the whole project and you say, you little bitch, you're never coming back in my home again. Yeah. Yep. If you show up your ugly face again, I'll shoot you. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm shooting you up your ass. Never come close to me again. So and then, so and then she waves at you and she says, that's you little boy. So do you have a special folder where those those bad songs go to and do you go back from time no. to time just to take a look? Uh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, um, Good for you, and, and, I, and I, I'm not kidding here. I am uh, I'm opening my folder right now. The only thing I have is Elfo Studio. Then, uh, wait, 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 data, projects, and I have a few, a few folders like this cool stuff, Atari. Yeah. Uh, Wrath of Code, and that's it. And all the rest are, are just Alpha Studio projects, piled, uh, you know, stacked. Yeah, and yeah. I, I only I only keep the good things. For example, I don't keep bad bad songs or bad tracks or things I'm unhappy with. I always dump it um, because it's no use being uh, cumbersome to yourself. It only makes things worse. So you just take everything, you dump it, and you start anew. And yeah. usually, it, it makes you, it makes me feel better because I feel clean. But um, you mentioned Ghost earlier. Yeah. A few a few years ago, I had a chat with Ghost, and Ghost said that he he used to keep everything. I don't. I think it's better for me to let go of all of the bad projects and just forget about them and, and do, do your own thing. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about ghost. He had a funny story where 
the first time he went uh, which to one? Which one? I'm listening. <laughs> I want to know what he told you about me. <laughs> oh, this uh, is going to get real good. Uh, no, just he was talking about how wild it was touring Europe and touring with, with you and Perturbator and Dance with the Dead. <laughs> and uh, oh, just okay. the stage antics. I think he said you got pantsed. Uh, <laughs> Had your pants pulled down during one of the one of the shows? <laughs> Motherfucker, that is true. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Did he tell you about when I passed out in Germany? No, he didn't. He didn't. All right, I'll tell because it's now it's public domain, so I can <laughs> I can tell it publicly. Uh, we were. We were desperate during this tour. I mean, you got to know that we had a horrible tour manager. Uh, well, anyways, I'm not going to elaborate on that because it's gone. But, no need. And um, we were in Berlin, and we were in the Matrix Club, uh, a club that we we thought was the bright center of the universe. And I was so desperate. I was feeling so sad, so lonely, so so helpless that I had half a glass of beer and I passed out on a passed out man and nobody really noticed except Ghost who was half drunk but noticed hey didn't Terminus pass out on those chairs and the, and the others were like oh, yeah I think so so it, it was a, I mean it was a terrible thing to go through that whole tour but now those are good memories did he tell you about crossing the border from Belarus to Ukraine or? No, he talked a lot about Russia and uh, just a little bit of like, he, he's got a different perspective. He said he loved it the entire time that he was touring because it's like, you know, he doesn't, he's not working a regular job. He gets to do travel Europe with his friends mm -hmm. and mess around. It Well, okay. So now let's focus on the good sides. Okay. I, I, I get your question. I, I get where you want to take my, it was, it was a fun time too, because, um, we got to hang, we got to hang out every day because touring in the van is like forced intimacy. And of course there were bad moments, but all in all, it tightens the bonds, you know? Yeah. Uh, we had, right. we had, we had those talks. I don't know if you've been on the road before, like when it's three in the morning and the tour manager is sleeping and there's only the driver who's not sleeping because he's got to drive, right? And yeah. you have um, me, I'm awake, Ghost is awake and Perturbator is awake and we're like, hey, guys, I've never told you this, but when I was young, I did this. And then you have Ghost who goes like, yeah, I know, been there, done that. And you have Perturbator who goes like, yeah, but I've done worse. And <laughs> it, 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 um, it becomes... It becomes um, a difficult ride, but it's a good ride because you're doing it with your friends. So yeah, I, I I'm sorry for you know mentioning the bad sides of oh, the you bad can. aspects it is of what that it tour, is. but yeah. but it was funny. Did you know that they dropped um, I think two or three drops of vodka in my Coca-Cola when we were in Berlin, and they <laughs> and they felt guilty about it because they knew. And I can't, I can't hold my liquor. And they were like, oh man, he's, he's going to get drunk. I mean, he's going to pass out. And I remember now that they would ask me every, every goddamn two minutes, hey, Dan, you okay? I, of course I'm okay. Just stop asking me, man. <laughs> nice. And then they came to me 
you know, looking at me with a guilty face, as if as if they were kids, and they said, uh, then um, while while you were not looking, we poured two or three drops of vodka in your Coca Cola, and we're sorry. So we kept an eye on you. We got your back, but we thought that you were going to feel bad. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. You see, it, it's funny events like that. Funny yeah, things absolutely. like that. So, yeah, it's cool. In that moment, they were both the cause of trouble and the solution to the trouble. <laughs> Sounds like good friends to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they are um, – they, I mean – I love Perturbateur as if he was my brother, and I really like Ghost, but I didn't get to spend more time with Ghost than I, than I wanted to. And he's a, he's a swell dude as well. And um, I mean, we got along, but if, even though we had um, different personalities, different ways to behave, and it was great. It was great because we quickly became friends. And the bad thing is, I mean, I miss Ghost. You know, I would like to see him in, in real life and just pay him a drink. But obviously, right now, this that that ain't possible. But but um, I miss those guys. Yeah, I miss them really. Um, not gonna get lyrical here, but I miss them. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. I think that's that's a tough thing. While you've made the most of of what. Um, lockdown means you still you start to miss the things that I think that matter the most which are connections to people and you kind of really mm-hmm. appreciate your friends and your family and and those things uh, a lot more especially when you yes. don't get to see them yes sir you're goddamn right because all of my friends live so far away from me I mean <clears throat> my best friend she lives in uh, she lives 65 kilometers away from me and she's the closest. She's the closest friend I got. All of my other friends are either dead, six feet below, or they, they live in, in other places. So it's kind of hard. So at least I, I have my family living not so far away from the hamlet I, I live in. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of difficult because I don't know about you, but at first I was paranoid. I was like, I don't want to go to my friends because if I do carry that sea virus over me i just i don't want to spread it over and um i was turning paranoid but Mm -hmm. then when you wash your hands and you wear your mask and you keep a safe distance and you can go see your friends but i miss shaking hands i miss um, uh, kissing my friends on the cheeks because we do that in friends you know right Mm -hmm. and um yeah i miss that but it eventually that C virus thing will pass. It will pass, and we will we will get back to let's say a normal human being's life. Yeah, human I hope so. We're good at inventing our ways out of problems. Um, yes, something we do. That's for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. Missing the people, the friends, the the, the contact at times even like uh, when I see Eric. Um, what we even shake hands. I don't think I've actually physically came in contact with you, Eric, in quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> odd, odd. I didn't think we'd talk about that today. Uh, but there you have it. There right? you go. Yeah. So, hey, this yeah. goes where it goes. There is no yeah. uh, predetermined <laughs> path to this conversation. We set no limits today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I would yeah. like to loop around um, to, I think, an album, uh, your last album, Last Call for All Passengers, that came out last mm-hmm. year. It 
fantastic. It's very um, true to, I think, who you are as an artist. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It, um, can we talk yep. a little bit about that? It's, you know, uh, it seems to me like it has a theme that, uh, you know, I listened to the album. I own it on vinyl. So I'm um, very happy to oh, have that. Oh, you're one of the, of the poor souls who yeah. wasted money <laughs> buying my wax. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm terribly sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Condolences. I'm sorry. I, I um, enjoy it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, you asked me. Uh, what the the theme is? Yeah, just talk. Uh, I'd like to talk about that album and and kind of get some yeah. background on it. Sure. Okay. So I all right. I, do you want the short story or the long story? You go wherever okay. you want to go. All right. Oh, this is going to be one hell of a ride. Believe me. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> <laughs> nice. when I burnt yep. out, I wrote an album that was a shitty, mediocre, really bad, super awful album. And it was composed of uh, fast electronic tracks, very primal electronic music. And um, I wrote it just just when I, let's say, when I got my head my head out of my ass, and when I said, "All right, enough burning out. Now it's time to get back to the world of the living." And um, I didn't realize that this album was utter shite. So I was in tour with Perturbator in 2019. And I'm like, I'm like in, in the backstage in Germany, a backstage that was reeking of banana, banana and, uh, and, and hashish or whatever. And I said, hey, hey, listen to this. It's, it's a track from my next album. And Perturbator is a very kind person, very nice. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're stepping on the rock and roll highway just a little bit. And he didn't seem too, too impressed by the album. And I realized that it sucked. So I dumped the whole album and I said, all right, what is it that I want? I want to be alive. I want to be happy. I want to have sex with as many girls as possible. I want to, um, I, I want to be a good person. But even though I burnt out, now it's time to be alive. And I wrote the album in a week, and then the album was done, and it was much more enjoyable uh, this way. So that is the, this is how the album happened. So the main theme of Last Call for All Passengers is, all right, well, there comes one point where it's good to be alive, and whatever happens to us, we got to be alive. We got we to gotta keep on, no matter how down we felt um no matter what happened to us we got to be alive that's that's um, uh, to be more precise uh, last call for all passengers deals with the feeling of letting go of all the things that make you feel bad and being back to life being back to life again because it feels good to be alive again you know and um i mean the album is not naively optimistic i think the album is pretty much enraged furious raucous and also kind of harsh at times very primal but that's what makes it spontaneous and and authentic so so sorry for going blah 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 about it 
but this is how I feel the album yeah. should be described. Well, to me, it's I, um, praising life. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it seems like it's it's ravenous for life. That it's that it's <laughs> fighting well, fighting for it. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily a negative way, but like, um, yeah, yeah it's full of I, I guess vibrancy and life and spark, if you will. Exactly. Well, and even exactly. on. On top of all that, what I've heard even through the conversation we've had here for, you know, from you up to this point is kind of this um, continual theme of living, living in the moment, um, appreciating what you have, but, but living in the moment. And this, this album was, I mean, was really a spawn of, of that philosophy, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Exactly. But well, it's, it's the best thing I could do to myself. Into the poor souls who who claim that they enjoy my music, so so I'm happy that you feel it this way. I'm happy that you felt it that way because that's what what the album is about. It's a very simple uh, theme. Whereas wh- when you compare it to automated refrains, automated refrains is a cluster fuck man. Really, pulls <laughs> my head and all. I spend days and days working on that beast. That motherfucker would not. I mean, well, I I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound too impolite here or too vulgar, so I'll just cut the crap out. But, but last last call for all passengers was like, how do you say that when you are when you go through an ordeal, but then you feel relieved? Catharsis. You, um, yes, sir. Yep. That's the word. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I wrote the album in a week. That's that's, impressive. That, that's the truth, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, I think. Hold on, I have my FL Studio right there. Um, I think I wrote a track like uh, "Ruins" in maybe four hours. Where's "Ruins" final version? Uh, let me click on this. That's insane. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. for going All like good. Blah, no. click, 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 blah, blah. Four hours, thirty-seven minutes. That uh, I made "Ruins" in, in that in that Amazing. point in time. So. So I, I think it's a, it's a good album. Oh, and by the way, the name of the album "Last Call for All Passengers" is um, it, it comes from uh, a moment of joy I had when I was watching Frankenstein Jr. in French. So in English, it's Sweet. Young Frankenstein. Oh, by, yes. um, oh yeah, yeah, by Mel Brooks. And there's a moment where um, in French it's Frédéric Frankenstein. So I think in English it's Frederick Frank. Frankenstein, maybe he says it that way. I don't remember. He's going to get on the train, and there's his girlfriend who's coming, and there's the ticket collector who says, um, um, "We're leaving" or something like that. And I don't know why, but I think I heard "Last Call for All Passengers," and I rewatched the movie, and that line is nowhere to be heard. So, so the Mandala that, effect. That's, this is where the inspiration of the title comes from. That's it comes cool. from Mel Brooks. I love it. That's beautiful. So, okay. So a week straight, solid working. Like I'm sure you're up all night, you know, sleeping very little. You got to that last day uh, physically, like emotionally. What was that like? That's, I mean, that's intense. That's a hell of an output. No, it was, it was, it was great yeah. because, because working on my albums is never tiresome physically. It's um, I'm kind of a lazy person. I I like to learn a lot of new techniques, so I get to uh, shape the sound as fast as possible. So um, 
I mean, I still have a lot of things to learn because I'm far from being a good music producer. But the more you learn, the faster you'll get to the sound you want to make. And today, this is how I do things. I know how to make the sounds I hear in my head. For example, I can make a synthesizer in, let's say, like five or seven minutes, and that, that's enough to, to lay down the basics of a song or a track yeah. or, or, let's say, something that would be more atmospheric. And, but when I started, it would take me longer. That explains why my first albums are more simple and the last albums are more elaborate in a way. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I to me it's really funny because um, you talk about the the inspiration for the title, and then yeah. you know the ruins music video is is so um, artful and elegant and oh uh, thank you um, thank you Mario I I'm gonna tell you what I think my impression is and you tell me how far off I am because it's seemed... oh hey I'm listening okay. So, because I, I feel like the dancers um, are almost like an allegory or a metaphor for the for the beauty of, of the horses, and you're juxtaposing the horse horse movements and their elegance with the dancers' moves and elegance together. Um, how far off am I on that? Oh well, actually, you're the first one to actually pretty nail it because that that that's what I wanted to do when I shot them, the horses and the girls, <clears throat> I, I, there's um, some sort of a symbol, uh, some sort of a hidden meaning to be found in this video clip, but I ain't gonna tell you. You gotta, you gotta find it for yourself. And uh, otherwise that would be too easy. But you, you got it on point. There's a, um, let's say, a, how do you say that parallel between the horses and the girls? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you got that right. But I'm sorry, I, I don't want to answer your question. I don't want to, I don't want to give you my intentions on that video clip. Okay, you don't I, need because to. I want people to go like, oh, maybe he was aiming at this or that, and I'm like, yeah, 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 keep talking, motherfucker, and gonna tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, it's a great clip, and you know, Thanks. I think, and I like the fact that like the the two the subjects and contrast to your music also was really i think quite brilliant because i think oh. there's a, a lot of tendency to kind of go with what's expected with maybe more aggressive or more uh, harsh music and i like the serenity well, of the well, two things i thank you because i i appreciate that because i was aiming for something that would be different but something that would still be me and um, how how can I say that in a nice way and how can I not sound like a real asshole but um, it's easy to make a, vi a music video with two girls wearing bikinis and kissing each other or a pole dancing you know, with um, inverted crucifixes and, and anybody does that anybody does that and I wanted to do something that would be oh Fuck, I know the French word, but I forgot the American word, sensuel in French, which means sens sensual, not yeah. sexual, but sensual. Sensual. Almost, yeah, thanks. Okay. Almost erotic, but not, not erotic. And um, I wanted something that would be appealing to either men and women, 
So, so I'm so I did things my way. I was on the budget too, to be honest. Um, I paid the girls for their performance. I rented for the studio. I paid for the food, paid for drinks and everything. And um, I edited the video clip myself. Wow. <laughs> but the shots, the, the shots were bad because um, I didn't have any monitor. So I only had this two, no, one inch, one inch and a half uh, screen on the camera. So I couldn't check for focus. And most of the takes were blurred. So I had to do with the takes that I had left. And um, the girls were, the girls were professional. They're, they're professional dancers and professional um, sports teachers. The French word is uh, GRS, gymnastique rythmique sportive, which means you're doing gymna- uh, you're, you're doing sports. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And at some points, I don't know if you've seen that in the video clip, they put their hand their hands or their hand over their their breasts because we didn't want any boob shot. We wanted to the video clip to be elegant and sensual and we wanted the girls to look um, beautiful and attractive without being too vulgar because right. it's 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 so easy to have a, a half naked lady doing something uh, or you know mimicking uh, sex or intercourse everybody does that and I'm not saying that people should not do it. I'm saying if you want to do it, then then go ahead and do it. But I'm saying that it's kind of overdone and I want to do something different. So I put two of my passions together, we men and horses, right? So, <laughs> so I don't smoke, you know, so I have to compensate. <laughs> indeed indeed this is so possibly the do most a video about cigarettes is yeah. what you're telling us <laughs> yeah I... but i i mean in all honesty thank you for your compliment about this video clip because it's um it's nice to hear someone who who saw it with good eyes and who who saw the the relation between the horses and the girls yeah it, it seemed almost like a, a classical um, movement study uh, for those that are that maybe a little oh. more artistic and things like that, where you you study how things move to understand to understand your subjects. And and uh, uh, sir, sir, you are absolutely true. That's what I did. And that's what we did with the girls. Actually, when the girls showed up in the studio, they had a notepad filled with um, <clears throat> choreography can you say that in english choreography yeah. no, that's the right word yeah. but but they had very precise descriptions of their movements and i had to pick up some movements that were very beautiful in in which the whole body moves it's not just like um i mean those dancers those girls when you tell them raise your hand they just don't raise their hand it's their entire body that raises their hands. So I, I tried to keep that, but it was, at times it was difficult, but the girls were so good at doing this that, wow, it was the results, the final result was great. Yeah. So it, I'm glad that you enjoyed. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy, so to speak, synthwave, you know, um, but I enjoy all types of music. So I like, I like things that are unique 
into themselves in their own unique voice. And that's why, you know, like I know that I think maybe you, you're accidentally in synthwave, not necessarily because you try to be synthwave. It's just, it happens to be that way. And I like that you've never fallen into the trap. You know, you're not getting the grids with the sun and palm <laughs> trees and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't have, you're not using any of those cliche um, motifs. Yeah, but may, yeah, but maybe, maybe one of these days I, I'll do an album with a grid, a laser grid, and Lamborghini and uh, palm trees and everything. <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I like such cliches. I like them. They, they are very pleasurable. But uh, a lot of people overuse them. So uh, the thing is that I have a problem getting my message across. I'm not saying it sucks. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying, don't do it. I'm saying, I've been making that music for, I mean, um, since 2013. And I've had my share of laser grids and Lamborghinis. So I've kind of, I, I get bored with it pretty rapidly. But I understand that somebody wants to have a laser grid over a Lamborghini. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying that I don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, I think it, you know, you bring up an interesting point and on top of that, it's it's important to remember where the genre itself has really come from and uh, to see the evolution, you know, going back to the video, some of these things that are new, you know, uh, fresh ideas that are coming back in. That's what people are looking for on the same hand as well as what's yeah. what's happening, what's what's fresh and new and and paying that reverence to to, you know, the, the, the sun's the grid, whatever it is. And, and that, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That, 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 this is why um, some of my fans ask me when um, I will release another EP or, or another album as um, the EP I did in uh, Reverie, you know, with those sugary synth pop songs. And I said, I did it once. I don't want to do it over again. So, but I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll wake up and I say, all right, I just I want to write pure '80s cheese music, and maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I I just I can't tell what the future holds. Well, what I do know is that whatever you do, it's sincere, which comes across, which is okay. Because I'm not saying grids and and sunsets and Lamborghinis are bad, and don't ever <laughs> do them. It's just it's nice to see a variety of things and new influences and new things come in. Because uh, that's exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, the genre has to evolve. That, that's, I agree. That's yep. I I agree because there's room for everyone. I yeah. mean, um, oh, I'm going to trash talk. Can I trash talk for a few? Seconds? You go ahead. <laughs> Eric oh, can cut you. it out later if you regret it uh, until <laughs> it goes live. Yeah, you can always share no, me. So no, yeah. no, 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 no problem. I mean, I'm <laughs> I, it's okay. I'm a man of my word. Um, I love it. Back in 2013, when I was on those Facebook groups with a Dan Terminus profile, there were a lot of Facebook uh, synthwave groups with people who said, no, stop using presets, stop compressing your music, stop doing this or buy it. You know, all those Facebook lawyers, musical lawyers who will tell you what to do and what not to do. Well, I do have a question. Where are they today? Nowhere. Or maybe up my ass. I don't know. Either <laughs> way. Um, but, but, I mean, 
we should not listen to board lawyers or Facebook lawyers. We should do whatever we want to do. Exactly. And if we want to do it all over again, then let's do it all over again. I I ain't got no problem with that. It's just that sometimes if you take those comments under consideration or if you feel like you're being if you feel like it's being directed to you then if you ask yourself the question why am i doing this who am i doing this for then you end up jerking off and saying i'm i'm i ain't gonna go anywhere so you gotta go you gotta make music for you in the first place because you enjoy doing this and then you share it with people because this is the ultimate reward and you're not doing this to please some random assholes and complete strangers on Facebook. You're doing this to please yourself in the first place and then please other people. And yeah. I, I, I remember, uh, syn- quote, synthwave artists, unquote, who would tell me, yeah, you're too loud or you're such a pompous French asshole, <laughs> which is which is what I am, by the way. Yeah, so they were just telling the truth, earlier. you know. Yeah, own it. <laughs> yeah. So they were they were just being honest. They were just being descriptive, and so. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm not making music for two or three lame ass, uh, lame brains elitists. Music is for everyone, and music should be for everyone, and not for a group of. 20 or 30 people on Facebook. So um, if, if your vision is sincere and if if you get recognized for the quality of your work, then it's okay because you're, you're going to get recognized for what, what you do and for who you are as an artist. And then you're going to be recognized as an artist because of the quality of your music and not because you have, um, you have pleased two or three people people out there because you know things fall off pretty quickly on the internet and people get bored pretty rapidly but if you get if you align with this state with this frame of mind then it's all about releasing one ep and then going silent for the rest of your life so where is the fun and where is the where where are you being authentic if you just do this for two or three people Two or three people, two or three pillows. <laughs> two or three pillows on the internet. Sorry, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah. The hey, demons right? of French and English are trying to help her hand in my brain. Oh, God damn. God damn. Uh, it's a hard moment to go through for me. Sorry. Well, what I, you know, this, this is really cool. I, I Really, what I hear you saying is if you're enjoying what you're doing and, and you're committed to it and, and you're doing it for yourself, people are going to hear that. People are going to be attracted. To mm-hmm. that and i think you're a perfect example of that with what you're doing here and, and you're living it which is, is pretty cool man yeah oh yes today's i'm my own boss i don't hurt myself so i'm a pretty good boss i, I like <laughs> you've got a great boss a just a ask asshole sometimes but <laughs> yes but well i'm french so by which means by implication that i am pissed off at everything and everyone so and nothing is good enough but, nothing wrong with high standards you know Uh. oh that's funny um so you've it's it sounds like you're you're living a little more simpler life kind of maybe withdrawn from the uh, 
Facebook groups, so to speak. Um, do you have any uh, opinions and thoughts into from 2013 to where we are now? Have you any insights of how things have grown or what you've seen in your opinion? Opinion on on synthwave, on, the synthwave scene, and, oh, and how that community oh. has grown. And it... well, well, to be honest, sir, uh, my opinion doesn't matter because um, because my opinion is is just it's just like my ass. It's my own ass, and people don't want to go don't want to go smell my ass up, you know. But I mean, um, <clears throat> what I old think... employer. <laughs> that's a no, different story what, though <laughs> what, what i think yeah. about what i think about synthwave is is um it's a beautiful ride and it's been there for a long time now and even a guy like david guetta uh, wrote a synthwave track with a sia singing yep uh, the, tr the track is pretty lame by the way he, he could have made something much much better but i understand um you see guys like muse who get heavy inspiration from Carpenter Brut. Um, but I think that it's very entertaining and exciting these days. Um, things are changing. You have producers who keep on uh, writing the same albums over and over again. So it's cool. You have those dark fins guys. So um, the scene is, how do you say, fruitful? It's, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fruitful. Yeah, fruitful. Yeah. That's the word. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. if, for example, if you like vaporwave or if you like Lamborghinis, or you will necessarily find an artist that will sound appealing to you. So, my opinion is, um, synthwave is still there. There, a lot of people said synthwave is dead. Uh, synth synthwave sucks, but synthwave synthwave is still there yeah. you know so, it, this, this so, is interesting you say that with the synthwave is dead thing though too because you're, you're right it's evolving again it's it's changing there's new things all the time and uh, i agree with you because uh, i'm sorry i wanted i wanted to say that in the first place but i forgot about it it's <laughs> yeah i mean as an artist you have two options the first option is you do what people uh, want to hear. So people will say, oh, he's just making the same album over and over again. Or the second option is you do whatever it is, whatever it is that you want to do as an artist. And people say, oh, but I, uh, uh, what he's doing right now sucks. He was better on his first album. So either way, you're fucked. So uh, the, the yes. way I see it is you'd better do things your way because if you do things your way, it will be you. And if you try to sound appealing to, to someone, then maybe you will lose yourself along the way. And if you start losing yourself, mm, you're in hot soup. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, it, it's also beautiful, like, with the evolution and, and I can't even keep up with it. There's things called, like, office wave and mall wave I, I, I don't even soft earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. even, who would have thought I can't even keep up with it, but I love, but how... isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that awesome. great? I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I, this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing about office wave or mall wave. I want to listen to it because I, I, I think it's great that you have new flowers along the way. It's great. 
Uh, so feel free to pick up the flowers as you walk down the path of life. So, yeah, why bother with just one style only? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hope that we, we kind of get past the the need to be what is the true synthwave, get past that conversation completely and just let things evolve with just common influences, you know, because to me, like, a lot of people have a common influences being John Carpenter or 80s, whatever it is. And then whatever comes of that is whatever comes of it. It's not so much yeah. the end product. It's just, hey, we all have a common point that we all mm. can identify with. I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you because um, it, it, it um, reminds me of some sort of long and sterile debates that would, that would be on Facebook about uh, producers using presets. Who gives a shit? As yeah, long as who, it sounds good, who gives a shit how it's done? Who cares? So, and, and people say, yeah, but it's not John Carpenter enough. Oh, fuck you, man. I'm doing things my way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't want to sound mean to people, but I think that we don't care how the music was made. As long as it sounds good, oh, man, you don't want to know how, how I made Last Call for All Passengers. Really, you don't want to know. But it sounds good, so... Yeah. Why would I change it? That's life. It's messy. I I mm -hmm. actually love that hearing producers that are you know that are held in high esteem and regard hear about what they use, and I love it because it breaks down the mystique that you have to have <laughs> expensive gear, expensive, really complicated oh. software. Yes, you can sir. use yes, FL Studio and mm -hmm. create some amazing music. And I remember when I was <laughs> making music production like you would get laughed out of the room for using fl uh and so i <laughs> forced myself to learn other programs um because i fell for the for the need to do other stuff but you don't need it if you're good you're making good stuff at the end it's good it doesn't matter how it's made exactly yeah. sir i absolutely agree because you can buy for example ten thousand bucks of gear won't make you sound any better um but all right, uh, let's try to break down the mystique here. I'm going to talk about myself. Sorry, I'm going, me, myself, and I. I have an old PC that dates back to 2012. It's old, beaten up, and fucked up. It's all dusty. I'm still wondering how it still can work right now, but anyways. I have an old Akai LPK25 MIDI keyboard, two Fostex monitors. One is almost blown up. Sorry. <laughs> and I have a keyboard. It's a cherry Chinese keyboard. It's you don't want to know in what state it is right now, because otherwise you you would call me insane. And I have a gaming mouse, Rat number five, and Apple Studio and Synth One. This is all I have. And right behind me, you have a beat up Korg M1 that I use for live performances, concerts, and everything, and the Korg Wave Station. And this is all I have. And Korg M1, I bought it 50 bucks on the French equivalent to Craigslist. And I made all my albums on said PC with Synth One free VSTs and free software. Because, as you said, if it sounds good, then it's going to be good in the end. Um, and at first, you know, I bought a controller, I bought a big keyboard, and blah, 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 and everything, and all kinds of shiny gear. And I sold them back because it didn't make me any better. And um, if you have a good song idea in your head, 
you will find a way to make it sound good. Even if you're putting this through the four tracks with old audio cassettes, it will be good. So don't go thinking that I have this fancy studio with uh, green and purple lights and super expensive gear, because I don't. It's, it's a, I mean, I recorded the drums on Ruins, the acoustic drums, with an audio technica microphone. I paid 20, 20 euros for that at a local store. Beaten up. I mean, Samtex would look at it and, and they would shove it up my ass for being, <laughs> you know, they're like, why would you, why would you record with such crappy gear? Because it sounds good, sir. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. Who cares? For real. Exactly. And people are not going to judge you on how many keyboards you have. Um, people right, are going to judge you on the quality of your job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, love it. It's really funny because I, I love how unFrench this conversation has taken a turn for it, how unsnobby it is. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's great. Because um, I, I think it really did you, goes... did you Did you get to hear my little train coming back for a few moments? That's when you right. get excited, man. Yeah. Because, because, <laughs> because whenever I speak with American people, my twang starts to resurface. And I was I was like, oh, wow. The, the Tennessee, Florida are coming back. It's great. Southern accent, come back to me. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> you kind of fade in and out of the two, and it blends at various times. It's, it's actually a blast. People are going to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> this, my favorite thing is, you know, obviously we talked about uh, before recording, and this is the first time, like, in just over an hour in that we had, we actually address your accent. And I this is wild. <laughs> I love it. Because people are going to be Thank confused. You. I love it. Thank um, you, sir. Thank you. Think yeah. about it that way. So, uh, so, so what are you doing for, you said self-employed. You're your own boss. What are you doing? I'm, um, well, the French word is auto-entrepreneur which huh? is uh, auto-entrepreneur, as you guys say in English. Yeah. I'm, I am my own boss. I have my own company to, to manage everything Terminus. And um, I'm making a living out of my music. Not a, lot of, not a lot of money, but it pays for the bills and pays for food and gas. And, and um, I ain't going to complain. I'm, um, so I pay my taxes every three months uh, on the money I make with Terminus. And um, I, I never believed that I could do this at first. Um, I have a lawyer who's taken care of everything legal for Terminus. He's been with me for, God, six years now. And for six years, he's been pestering me, going like, hey, you should start your own company. But at the time, I had a, a daily job. I would make 33,000 euros a, a year, which is quite a lot of money. For a simple employee, thirty-three thousand, I guess, a year, something around thirty-eight thousand dollars a year, and um, and I never believed that I could do it. And then when that burnout thing came up, I said, "All right, I'm just going to start my own company." And to my surprise, it worked. But you got to keep in mind that anything can stop in life. One day you're all happy, it's all sunshine and smiles and, and girls and having sex all night. And the next day you wake up and people die and your house on fire. And, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I, I always make music in uh, thinking of 
what could happen. That's why I enjoy life in the moment because um, one day you're sleeping with your girlfriend and the next day you wake up and she says, hey, um, I want us to break up. And yeah. one day you're sleeping in a world in which, in which you are a happy person and the next day you wake up and they say, we're going to keep you on lockdown because there's that C virus thing going out there. So you never know. So mm -hmm. I enjoy my time as um, uh, being my own boss and I try to be good to people, I try to be good to myself and I take care of my animals and, you know, horses and, and um, well, life is good, man. Life yeah. is good. Life was shit for me, but now life is good. But I'm working my ass off every day. And um, if music ever stops, I mean, no, wait, I said it in a bad way. If I don't make enough money with my music, I will, I will still be making music as a hobby. Yeah. I will still be releasing albums. And then I will go nine to five working um, yeah. just to make enough money to pay for the bills and the food and drinks and get good food and good meat in my plate. So nice. That's cool. How many animals do you have on the farm? Uh, I don't have a farm. I actually, I go to a... Uh, I don't know the name in English. It's a ranch. Uh, we say écurie in French, which means it's a place where you take care of horses. Okay. And um, I I work with a horse. It's a mare, actually. She's a Comtois. So Comtoise. I'm going to spell that for you. C-O-M-T-O-I-S-E. She's a draft horse. Okay. And I work with her. I, I make things like... Um, how do you say equifil, which means you're working on foot and you teach, you teach tricks to your horse. Okay. Yep. And that's what I do. So I, I, I told her how to go in reverse. I told her how to come back to me. I told her how to gallop uh, with just, just by using my voice. And four weeks ago, she stepped on my foot. She weighs <laughs> 150 kilos. I don't know how much that is in pounds, but you can imagine a draft horse stepping on their foot. <laughs> yeah. And my foot still hurts. My foot still hurts. I can't ride my motorcycle because the rear brake is on the on the right pedal. And whenever I press the rear pedal, I'm like, ah, it hurts. Oof. So I love her, but she broke my foot, not my heart. <laughs> <laughs> 330 pounds. And then yeah, I'm is that pretty heavy? That's pretty heavy for a horse, right? Uh, yeah, what I mean, was it, Eric? What oh, did you estimate? 150. I didn't ask. I I googled. Oh, uh, oh, you googled it. Yeah, so it's 330 uh, pounds. 150 kilos yep. in pounds. Why is it that I'm I'm gonna ask you a question and please answer me. Don't <laughs> leave me in in such ignorance. Why is it that pounds have to be abbreviated in LBS? I never understood that. Why I'm do gonna, you? Yeah. Why don't you write it PDS or PNDS? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I, I really actually don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I be uh, let's. That's that's well, your uh, best bullshit, Eric. You can do this. I know I can make some shit up, but I, I won't. Uh, people are gonna listen to this, so I, I'd rather not put disinformation. There's plenty of disinformation in the world. Okay. Um, oh, integrity, very nice. Oh, and 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 just for the avoidance of doubt. Let me say that I have American relatives, and I like the USA. I'm not mocking the American culture, even though you guys still use miles per gallon, inches, 
foot yards. <laughs> right. PSI. Oh, I'm like, oh, what country is this? Well, it's funny, you know, Minnesota, we get close to Canada. Um, you get north of the border there, certainly, and it all of a sudden it changes on us again. It's, it's a bit of an odd experience, to be honest. <laughs> because of the metric system. Oh, man, I'm telling you. So, <laughs> it's, it's the rest of the world that's, that's wrong, man. We're right, you're wrong. So. <laughs> oh, did you, did you know that there's a, an American probe <laughs> that crashed on Mars and it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars because the probe was developed in Europe, it was set <laughs> according to the metric system. But when the Americans used it and, and just um, no. made the adjustments, the adjustments for the landing on Mars, they were like, oh, fuck, John, it's in the metric system, not inches. Oh, fuck. And the probe crashed on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then no. the, Europe, the Europeans were like, eh, told you, told you, metric system. Oh, we right. forgot about it. I, I don't remember the name of the probe. You've got you, yeah. you got to look it up. So LB... Or maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. So LB <laughs> is an abbreviation for the Latin word for Libra. Um, and the primary oh, meaning is for the balance scales. Term the scales. Yeah. Thank you, Google. Ah, well, you know, if, if if we have a European car here, it's got to get fixed with metric uh, tools, I suppose. I'm trying to remember, and that always seems to cost more here. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, same, same here for American tools. I do have a Harley Davidson. It's an nice. FXDF Fat Bob, so it's the it's the oh, European beautiful. European version kilometers. But the other day, I had to fix the clutch, and I was in desperate need of a eleven sixteenth key. Who the fuck <laughs> uses an eleven sixteenth key in France? Nobody. So I had to go. Up and down the valley, up and down the plains to find a set of American tools. It costed me 250 euros. Jesus. Holy shit. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, God. and I went to the Harley store and with, with my bike, and they said, oh, we're closed right now because of the C virus. And I said, oh. you kidding me? You're not closed. You're open. You're talking to me. You're wearing your face mask, so you going to get your ass out and you're gonna fix my motorcycle. Then it says, "Sir, please be calm." And blah blah. blah. <laughs> we need you to leave, and I, sir. And, and in fact, I calmed down and I said, "Sir, do you have an 1116 key, an American key, or Imperial system, whatever it is?" And the the owner, the manager said, "Yes, sir, we do, but we keep our tools for our mechanics and we can't share them with you because we don't know if you're." carrying the virus or blah 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 mm -hmm. and i said just give me some hand sanitizer i'll just sanitize the key for you they said no sir i can't give you uh tools oh. that we use so i went back to my house and ordered a 250 250 euros american tool set and now i have it and I, and I fixed my clutch and my goddamn motorcycle but i love it i've owned it uh, for i bought it in 2011 and it's the best ride I've ever had in my life. I didn't change it, didn't modify it. No stage one, no stage two, no stage three, no nothing. It's just straight out of the box. And the only thing she asks me for are three things. One, rubbers, so tires. Two, oil. And three, gas. 
Yeah. Rubber, oh, yes. Those are the only things she asked me for. She's a, a joy to ride. It's um, big, beefy tires, so you get a firm grip on the road. You got a lot of torque. It doesn't go pretty, really fast, but it's a good bike. It's solid. It's durable, and I've never had any problem with it. Never, ever. Milwaukee makes a fine motorcycle. It's one of the few things I like out of Wisconsin. <laughs> I, I agree, sir. But the thing is that quite recently, the quality went down. If you allow me to take the discussion yeah. to, to oh, yes, this absolutely. part of the world. And I like the new Harley Davidsons because I'm a, I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. But mm -hmm. mine paying 26,000 euros for, for a plastic bike, mm -hmm. I kind of disagree. And the latest go. models are do bear a lot of plastic parts that are made in India and then imported to Milwaukee, then assembled in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee says, all right, this is a Harley. And I'm like, no, sir, it's a plastic bike. Mm -hmm. I don't mind plastic, but at least give me some American plastic and I'll buy it. Because yep. it says Harley, I buy it. It's just, I mean, even if you if you slap a, a Harley Davidson sticker up my ass, I would go like, hey, I'm a Harley. Okay, I'd <laughs> buy myself. Yep. So, they globalize the parts like that. I, I you know, it's interesting because even um, what was the synthesizer company? Was it Moog? I think they started. Yeah, Moog. Chips Moog from, yeah. Some, from China, I think it was, and people said it was going to affect the, you know, the the, the chip. I, don't, I forget the story behind it now specifically, but but again, yeah, the, the different pieces, parts. Uh, um, China, yes, yeah. yes, but well, I'm sorry, it's just my my asshole side resurfacing right here. But when it <laughs> when it when it comes to American engines, I'm like. Uh, um, how do you say that? I'm, I'm very strict. For example, I've been looking for a Cadillac Eldorado 1978 nice. or 1980. Sweet. And I want to have something that is 100% American. Um, I, don't ask me why. It's just that I like American engines, American V8s or big twins. I like that. And the contemporary Cadillacs are made in the USA, but... To what extent, I don't know. Maybe it's like 51% American, and then you have a Chinese plastic or blah, blah, blah. But but here in France, the American cars are so goddamn expensive. I could have bought a Cadillac Eldorado with the North Star V8 in it, right. um, only for 5,000 euros, which is pretty cheap for Cadillac Eldorado. Right. But the, the maintenance, the servicing, and the parts cost a shitload of money because of the import taxes so actually it becomes a money how do you say money pit when you yes. keep spending oh, yeah. right yeah mo it mm -hmm. becomes a money pit so mm -hmm. so actually i had savings and i said i really want that eldorado but i said to myself if i gotta pay like i don't know eight thousand dollars or eight thousand euros a year in parts or replacement i I don't think I can handle it. So I didn't buy the Eldorado. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. But there is, you know, there's something to be said about the way the cars were built, the engines, the sound, the feel, um, even the lack of power steering in some cases. You know, like it's it's an experience. <laughs> yeah. man. It's got its I own charm. That. Yeah. Yep, yeah. It is. Well, um, I'm sorry because I'm going to be a little uh, nasty here, but <laughs> the 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 assembly on the Cadillacs from the 70s was quite questionable. I've worked on, on Eldorados, and man, the quality was bad. 
and the cars made in that time tend to become rust buckets as years go by. Especially, right. I, I, I've worked on Mercury's here. Um, I've worked on the, on the Cougar Eliminator. Yeah. Um, and phew, that thing was a rust bucket. Uh, me and my friend paid 1,000 euros for the car, and we understood why when we got it, because it was a rust bucket. Yeah. And the cars that were made in the 50s and the 60s, if you don't take good care of them, they become rust buckets. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, same same for French cars, by the way. Same for French cars. Well, Minnesota winters here. We're we're notorious for ruining cars. Um, mm. Unbelievable how fast, especially when you're talking about some of these older cars, and when they are metal as opposed to to plastic that we're more accustomed to now. But mm. that's yeah, and and the maintenance on top of it as well. So so you are, I mean, so so mechanics. I mean, you're into some of that. Uh, you do that. Huh? I am not. I I, oh. I just learned. Um, I'm a car enthusiast, and I learned how to um, get around an American B8 because at some point I had a Plymouth Fury 1970. I think it was a 79. Hold on, let me let me uh-huh. let me check it because I have I have it on my folder. It's a 90. It was a, it was a 1970. It was a 1970. Mm. It was a rust bucket, but I loved it. Yep. And and I had to fixed the engine, but I didn't know how to do it. So I said, okay, I bought books and tools, and I taught myself how to get around an American V8. And this is how I learned. And I'm not a good mechanic, but at least if you give me a Plymouth or a Cadillac, I, I know how to f- mm-hmm. I know how to maintain it. I don't I won't necessarily fix it, but I know how to maintain it. Oh, how to take care of it and that's really it and that's i mean same with your motorcycle obviously you know you're there to take care of it when something goes wrong hey i can get in there and put the pieces in and, and put them back together again or clean it up cool. yes exactly the only thing i can't do is the electronics because oh, yeah. my my fat bod has uh, doesn't have um oh french word is carburetor so i think it's not a uh, it's not a, yes yeah, it doesn't mixture. have a yeah, yeah it, it's a injector Okay. Um, so it's controlled by some sort of a motherboard that didn't, that's implemented in, in, in the bike somewhere. I don't know where is it where it is. Mm-hmm. And this I can do. So I got to bring into the Harley Davidson a garage and they plug it with a USB, some sort of a USB cable. And they, then they make sure that the, the bike is running fine. Ties my head and all. I can't wrap my head around just like, you know, setting my motorcycle with a USB key, but hey, this is how things work these days. And don't mock me, but my car, the car I use every day, it's a Toyota Prius, and it's one of the best cars I've owned. It's so great. It's so neutral. The 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 this Reliable. car, this car is neutral. It's sturdy. It's durable. It's got two hundred forty thousand kilometers in it. It still runs fine. I love it. It, it looks it looks ugly. It's not very wholesome. It's but it's very comfortable and durable and gas friendly. Uh, with um, oh, cool. quick convers- quick conversion, eight hundred and fifty kilometers in miles equals with with uh, forty three liters. I can ride for five hundred and twenty eight miles. Holy moly! For for fifty. Yep. For 53 euros for a refill that's, that's um incredible. it's kind of cheap kind of cheap 
Oh, yeah, that's amazing. You know what, though? There's something to be said about that. You know, just a car to get you around back and forth, and then you've got a motorcycle or something else to, to you know, to ride around, or horse for that matter, you know, something else to connect <laughs> yes. with there. But I've got the flask with my car as well. It's a Ford Focus. It's small. It gets me to Eric's place, and that's about all it does anymore, um, Dude, truly. Is it, um, is, it, um, is it a good old american automatic or do you drive it with a stick oh it's gotta be a stick man that's all i I've, that's all i've driven is sticks to be honest with you i think i had right. one automatic yeah right yeah you're, you're uh, my car yeah you're the one percent you, you're <laughs> among the one percent of american people who drive with a stick <laughs> it's funny i ended up with this car because i went to a car dealership and they happened to have one on the uh on the lot and i was like all right i'll trade in right now um let's do this because i'm not going to see this again and and that was it man but but yeah i wouldn't have it any other way i guess it's funny you mentioned that yeah i'm lazy so i mean i know how to drive stick that's how i was taught how to drive but i'm not doing that anymore (laughs) (laughs) well you 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 guys are rare beasts because in america uh, the way we see it in france is like that you americans only ride on the drive star uh, automatics, which is the the good way to ride, in my opinion, except on snow. In here, when it gets snowy, when I have my Prius, I really miss driving with a stick because with a stick you get more control over the torque, yeah. uh, more control over your, you get more control, right? And right. you don't yeah. have that kind of control with an automatic. Right. Well, I've always tried to explain to people like you can feel the tires, you can feel the road, like the the, the tension. It's different when the car moves. Um, it's a very mm. different sensation. Exactly. So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my partner, she's got a um a Subaru, so it's got the all wheel drive. That thing is so much fun to drive in snow. I mm. freaking love that car, dude. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh my god, burnouts everywhere. So much fun. With a four wheels drive. Oh man, you can get up to the corner, you crank it real tight, and you can kind of get the back end to swing, and the car kind of kind of floats sideways a little bit if, <laughs> if you hit the turns just right. It's so much fun, man. That, that's that's, <laughs> See, that's the way to do it. That's the, that's the part it. of Minnesota you didn't get to enjoy. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got to get you out of the city, and it's a burnouts, man. <laughs> but but I, I'd I'd love to. But the thing is, when you are on tour, uh, you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of free time. The only free time I had was in Cocoa Beach. It was it was a good time. I ain't gonna going to yeah. blah 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 about it because you know I love that place. But every time it's okay, you get to the place, get to the hotel, go to the check in, have a quick shower, then go to the venue, sound check, have something to eat, yep. and then wait and wait and wait for hours. And then once you're done, you get back to the hotel. And the next day you wake up very early because you have to be two hours in advance for the, the check-in at the airport. And um, oh, but by the way, the American check-ins were always a breeze to go through. American security was so kind and so nice, as opposed to the French security, which is always pissed off. And um, <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 if if you allow me to to tell you a short story Absolutely. about my just. Dist- Oh, thank you. I, I have a I have a distortion pedal that I use on stage. It's a Boss DS1 distortion pedal. If you Google it, maybe you will you will think that it looks like some kind of a detonator. And in Seattle, they um, you know they X-rayed my my uh, cabin luggage, and I had my keyboard in it and the distortion pedal right next to it, and the security lady oh. called me over. And says, what is it? Open it. And so I opened my cabin luggage and I said, ma'am, this is all I have. 
is my keyboard, and this is my distortion pedal. And she said, isn't that some kind of detonator? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, ma'am, it's, it's an audio device. You plug it in, it says input, plug it in, and it says output, and it just distorts the sound that you ran through it. She says, mm-hmm, because it looks like a goddamn detonator to me. And I said, oh, ma'am, I swear it is, and it's just an audio device. And oh, she said, all right, I believe you. I believe <laughs> and I, you. I, I, yeah. I don't, and I, I don't know if she was playing tricks on me because I had a French passport or if she was being serious. But being a French guy in America, I said, I got to keep my goddamn mouth shut. So I shut my mouth and I said, thank you, ma'am. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Uh, we don't mess with those folks either. It's, it's just not worth uh, the time. They'll ruin your day. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean... That was the first time I heard somebody say, uh, is that a detonator? And the next day, no, when, when we were in um, Denver, Colorado, Colorado, buckle up. Uh, we, we had quarters. <laughs> we had quarters in our pockets and we were going through the metal oh, gates man. and we're like, nee, 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 nee. and then they said, what is it you got in your pockets? Empty your pockets. And I was like, oh, and we had a shitload of quarters. Oh, man. So we gave them we gave them away to the security guy because I was like I ain't gonna take those coins back to France so you keep them, and he thought that I was trying to bribe him, and I had to show him my passport and and my and, and my keyboard and I was like no no it's just for you I don't need those quarters. I really your appreciate time, your time, Dan. Uh, it's been great. This is again we could talk for hours, but unfortunately, we can't talk for hours. So all good thing all good things have a name. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, until next time, this is Eric. This is Chris. Thanks, Dan. And this is uh, and this is Dan Terminisky, Pompous Printer of the Downfall. Some other